I think you can laugh. I don't know that that's actually going to happen. <laughs> that back to a bull. Yeah. Saki laugh. Yeah. Am I too close to this mic? I don't know. I feel like I might be. I'm going to move it back a little. All these things are things that we need to cut into the intro. Yeah. Am I too close? Am can I you hear me? Close? Are we good? Are we good? Are we good? Mm-hmm. Hello. Nobody in America has got the attention span to listen to this, so it's mostly Brits. Don't worry, <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, I'm sorry. What did you say? Hello, fans, friends of Twist and Shout, and anyone who accidentally clicked on this podcast because they thought it was about 50s rock and roll. Hello, I am Rob McCollum, the U.S. Creative Director of Twist and Shout, and this is the inaugural, meaning first, Twist and Shout podcast. I'm coming to you live today from our studios in Dallas, Texas. I say it's a studio, it's a microphone, it's a, it's a microphone and in Dallas, Texas. We have lots to talk about on this first episode, a new public service project by Twist and Shout that helps parents navigate internet safety for their kids. Very important. We're also going to talk to a familiar face who's recently returned in front of the cameras of Twist and Shout after a hiatus. Very excited to have her back. Stick around to find out who I'm talking about. But first, on my last trip to the UK for the London portion of filming for the new season of Restricted Intelligence, season four coming out soon, or already out, depending on when you're listening to this, but on my last trip over, I sat down with our founder, president, and storytelling guru, Jim Shields. Are we recording? I can see a red light. Yeah, we're recording now. All right. To talk about, well, a lot of things. We're going to discuss all sorts of things to do with business and communications and comedy. Jim's a big thinker, so that sounded like a lot to me. I tried to narrow him down a little bit. We need something we can tease at the beginning of this podcast that makes them listen through that's to true. the end. Yeah, yeah, so, let's do that. Let's think of three things, which means we'll come up with 15. Uh, let's think of three three things you need to think about before you commission a video. So that was our task, our goal. In truth, we kind of talked about everything, but here's a taste. Hey, I'm Rob. Uh, and I'm Jim. We are Twist and Shout. And, uh, well, we're... Not all of it, obviously, there's a team. We sit in the warm embrace of Leicester <laughs> in the UK. What did you honestly think Leicester was like before you came? Well, I thought it was called Leicester, first of all. <laughs> of course you did. Leicester. L-E-I-C-E-S-T-E-R. Leicester. We just won the Premier League, people. Come on. So anyway, uh, comedy and business. Let's talk about the things that go through uh, a customer's head when we suggest making some sort of viral comedy. Let's say, for example a mini-series about a tech solution that is way too complicated to explain in the longest of elevator rides. Well, their first their first thought is fear because, no, no, this is very, very serious business and I have to be seen to be taking it seriously. I can't be perceived that anyone thinks I think this is silly. No. And so they say, okay. they say, no, no, we can't do that. No, no, I don't know if it's even that they we don't take the solution seriously enough. They just can't fathom how this could work. That it or, could ever actually be funny. Or worse still... They can. So you have customer funny. That's a bit like dad funny, isn't it? It's like dad dancing. I talk about this thing where... I think that's a process, though. Yeah, it's education. Like, yeah, I think, yeah. I think it, in the beginning stages, it is, no, it's not appropriate to use comedy for business. Mm. Then it is, okay, oh, now I can see that that I might be good, that. but there's no way that my stuff could be funny. Because it's too dry and boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the final step is, okay, yes, I think we should do comedy. And here are the uh, ideas yeah. I have, <laughs> yeah. which leads us to dad dancing. Me and uh, some of the tech guys got together over a few beers and we have this idea. 
that always involves Star Wars because it's usually a tech company. <laughs> and it's uh, some kind of engineer's wet dream. All right, to be fair, most of our brainstorming sessions usually include at least one Star Wars idea as well. <laughs> no, no. Okay, just Okay, clarify. one Star Wars and one musical theater. Oh, all right, yeah, I'll go with that, yeah, yeah. Which brings me to when are we going to do a musical theater series? Soon. I think it's time for an all-musical series. We could have the 7800 Ruta the musical i think we could definitely do that because we had we've had yeah. a comedy series i don't see why we can't have a musical comedy series dr horrible's sing along sing along rooster series <laughs> tech <laughs> manual <laughs> yeah, yeah. so why do you think people are nervous you asked me what people's first oh. thought is when we say comedy I, I don't i think one reason is they're nervous because it can backfire spectacularly there's a million things that can go wrong with comedy that they may have done and things have gone before us that uh, have gone into folklore, like that time when Company X decided to make a joke about this and it just was in poor taste or it didn't land or just wasn't funny. You know, it was well, like, I think yeah, a lot of just bad experiences having to sit through things that people, that, you know, we, we suffer a lot from the legacy of the funny-ish, mm. that they've been seeing videos that are funny-ish well, or tried funny. to be corporate funny and they're like, God, it was miserable and so I don't want to do that. And they kind of think that's all that's possible in the corporate space. Like, so they don't think actual funny is possible? Yeah, because they've seen the Microsoft, uh, what was it, uh, Windows 7 party, or was it Vista? I can't remember now. But basically, uh, Rich, was it Vista or Windows 7? Is Richard in the room? No, has he gone? All right, okay. He's got his uh, headphones on because he doesn't uh, want to listen to us. Oh, uh, fair enough. Okay. Turns out it was Windows 7. We'll put a link in the show notes. The trouble with this kind of, um, like, our job of creating something that's going to do the job is, until we've made it, they really can't fathom how it's going to work. So it's a leap of faith on their part. So not only have they been aware of disasters that have gone before, we're asking them to leap and the bridge will appear. And, you know, <laughs> that's a huge amount of trust. So the education process is really important. I always use this analogy that um, the reason the best man speech is hilarious is because you know and love the bride and groom and you kind of know some of the characters involved in his stories. It's not that great. If it, and if there's a stranger in the room, they're wondering why everyone's falling around laughing. Well, that's kind of what we can do with the, the, the making the product about, making the film about the world of the person who would buy the product. Because if we are really specific with the comedy, the joke is only a joke that CIOs around the world will get. And, no, and we don't care if nobody else gets it. Right. You know, so it's an in-joke. So we deal in in-jokes, sniper comedy. So usually it is bolt-on comedy or bolt-on product information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I've got something funny and you add the little bits about your product or oh, here's something yeah, about your product, product that you've written and I'm going to bolt on some comedy on either side of it. But it's not truly integrated because people yeah. in, the, in the writing world don't have the time and energy to, find, to learn yeah, yeah. The, the, the true inside of the world that they're no, talking to. No, that's right. There's, there's, well, what we're talking about here is an overlap, right? right. There's this bit of real estate that says, can you be you know, well-versed and not expert, but fully understanding of, of the, the world of, let's say, telecommunication solutions and the way comedy works. And that's a, I think that's a really quite a small bit of real estate that, that I'm happy to say we sort of inhabit. But, um, and the key to that is that the, the funny, again, relates to the, to the world that it's going to fix, not to the product necessarily. And the reason that corporate comedy often doesn't work is they look to the product for the comedy and they'll do a wordplay thing. Oh, we call it the Barracuda. So what we're going to have is this enormous fish. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. 
you could do that. <laughs> and that's where it falls over. People just try the most obvious route because they're not experts. Right. Because salespeople know they don't sell on spec, they sell on benefits. Right. And they sell on the pain points that the customer has. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about why in the world the pain point is what happens to the customer if they don't have it. And that's where we start. And I think that marketing people don't just think about, I don't think they just think about speeds and feeds and spec and all that. I, I do think they think in those terms. They just don't see why that's useful. They feel they have to deliver us a product picture. And they forget that actually the real value is in the thing they already know, which is why do people buy it? You know, and, and they start with, we should start with why and we have to educate well, them. Well, that, that's what I'm saying is that I think that was the interesting business model that you brought to me eight years ago, which was that kind of ad agency level mm. creative yeah. firm for the B2B market and for yeah. the for the internal yeah. market and the B2B market, which hasn't been there. There's only been yeah. ad agencies for the big budget, big ad yeah. stuff or the execution, execution guys, places. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so someone that sits in the middle and says, okay, we are a little more expensive, but what you're paying for is that kind of creative I'm, treatment. And we're also cutting out any kind of middlemen. Yeah. Uh, and not, we're also going to handle the execution, but that's not, that's not why you should hire us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the execute, least interesting. We're going to execute really well, but that's the least interesting and least important part of what we're going to do because we're going to talk to you about what you should be shooting, not what lens you should be using to shoot it. <laughs> uh, let's think of three three things you need to think about before you commission a video. Let's give them something to take away at the end of this podcast because if they've got this far, they've invested. We owe them something. Right. Let's be fair. I got one. I got one. Me. I, don't, I don't need to put my hand Jim, up. Jim, yes, Jim in the back. <laughs> I can't believe I just put my hand up. Uh, number one is start with why, which is a great book, by the way, by a guy called Simon Sinek. You should read that book, but also starting this process, start with why. Why do we need a video? You know, like, what's it good at? What does a video have over a PDF that I can email a customer or a PowerPoint presentation I can deliver? Yeah, what are you wanting to say? Who are you wanting to say it to? And then make sure that... The a video is the correct answer to that yeah, because yeah, some people yeah. make a video because they need to have a video. Because they saw Maybe a video on YouTube. Don't. I saw this thing on YouTube. Yeah, um, or, yeah. well, we had a video last year, so we should do a video <laughs> for this this yeah. year. The, the, the second thing is no, I guess, as a continuation of the, of the why, like what problem are you going to solve? And then who specifically do you want to oh. speak to? Right, you got two. Okay, oh, we need a third one, or I'm singing. Oh, uh, I'm tempted to say sometimes the customer isn't necessarily qualified to know what type of film or style or whatever they might need, but there are three broad categories of video that gets made to in, in business, right? And I'm going to just say all of these are valid, all of them, but know how to do a good one in each case. And so the first one is user-generated content. You could... As long as it's technically okay, you can, you know, there are things you can do to record really good video now. Everybody can do it on their phone and get a decent mic. You have a user-generated one, which means a video blog or, you know, just something to camera. Or you just walk around at an event you're at and record what you see and who you talk to and put something together. The, the raw energy of that can really score, right? That's It's truthful. Don't try to be too, you know, uh, professional in some respects, you know but make sure you get the tech right because that's where it falls down. Sound is always the poor relation on those types of videos. Mm -hmm. um, the second type of video is a straightforward talking heads type of endorsement. 
but try and tell a story. Just know what that's for. It's really good for an endorsement, say, from, from a customer, but try not to make it look like a hostage video. <laughs> so don't worry too much about the environment and all of that. Just make sure that the person you're talking to is really comfortable and relaxed and you're talking about the right things. Don't waste time talking about the product. Talk about their world and how, and how, the, thing, how the solution fixed their pain. Don't talk about anything else. Focus, make it short and easy. And the third one is what I would call the concept film, which encompasses everything from a TV commercial to a comedy series. And that is where um, you just have to employ professional experts to do it. People who know entertainment and know how to make this sort of thing um, because it's a concept film. It's not about the production now. It's not for the executors necessarily. It's really now for the artists to get involved, solve your problem using creativity. So that's, I know that's like a really big third one, but understanding which type of video you want mm -hmm. and what makes a good one of those is really important. There's a lot of stuff in that conversation. When we get together, we have a tendency to ramble on a bit, as our editor Richard can attest. Yeah, it's true. I had to sit and listen to it all. So you may hear more of that conversation on future podcasts. But next on the Twist and Shout podcast, details on a new project we are very excited about because we think it is very important. So important, we are giving it away for free. So we stuck a microphone in front of Jim on set in Worthington during the filming of this project and asked him to explain what it was all about. Right, stand by, please. Lola, have Set, Lola, breathe. Lola, have and Lola, breathe. You got it. All right, okay, ready? Set. Action. This section is all about a series of short comedy films we want to make for parents so that we're calling the parental control films. Uh, and that's because we want to encourage parents to take more of an interest in what their kids are doing online and also uh, hopefully point them in the right direction to educate them on how simple it is to make safe platforms like um, YouTube or Facebook or Google. Um, and so there are three films covering those three subjects and uh, they star two amazing young actor kids who uh, I would say that because they're mine, um, Lola and Ray. Uh, and the idea is to take the formula that we know has worked so well with restricted intelligence. Uh, we've also brought in a couple of the actors from the series to, to play to reprise their roles uh, and create something that's funny and educational and hopefully will be shared. Yeah. If you're looking after us for the weekend, then can I go on Facebook? Ooh, um... It is aimed at parents, mainly. Uh, it doesn't really matter if kids see it. Um, but it is aimed at parents to get them to feel that pang of sort of, oh, I should really be taking more notice of what they're doing. Some parents are very much of the sort of, well, he's upstairs in his room and I'll leave him to it. I don't really know what he gets up to or whatever, you know, relinquishing somewhat their responsibility <laughs> digitally as a parent. Um, but actually, it's vitally important that we take a keen interest, even if we feel we don't fully understand what's going on. Um, I think the important thing is not to overreact to things uh, and not be too scared about um, their activities online, but to try and understand it and try and understand what they like about it as well and get involved in their world. And you never know what they're going to find online. Yeah, that's a good point. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just watching some epic fail videos on YouTube. Epic fail videos? Yep. So these three films are available for free uh, as downloads from our website. Uh, that will be www.restrictedintelligence.co.uk. Um, and 
Um, the reason we're doing this is because we want them to be distributed as far and as wide as we can. We're going to be also sending links out to schools, um, uh, websites that might want to uh, make use of them, like Mumsnet and, and things like that. Um, and I think um, we felt like we wanted to give something back as well. I mean, I'd be lying if I said it obviously makes restricted intelligence look good. Of course, I want it to. I want us to be seen in a positive light. But actually, as a parent, I just think it's really important. There's not a lot out there, really, for parents to uh, to try to understand what's going on online with their kids. Um, there's been a lot in the media lately about things like cyberbullying and that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, we wanted to harness the power of combining comedy and important messages uh, and use it as a force for good. Just a minute. So these uh, these little snippets are not designed to teach you exactly what to click on to make a certain platform safe. Um, partly because we realise that may change over time and we don't want to date the films. Um, but suffice to say, it is really straightforward, um, uh, certainly by our understanding. The second um, thing that is the principle by which restricted intelligence operates is that we just want to promote it as a thing. If we can make you laugh about it and share it with people, word will get around that this is actually important enough for us to have made this little series of comedies about. And so, you know, please take it seriously. Um, if sometimes you can, you know, many a true word said in jest and, and we can make you laugh about something that's deeply important and, and actually quite serious. And that's a really good way of making you stop and think and realise that you needed to be doing something about this issue. Um, and so that that theory about encouraging parents to take responsibility, which is what they've got to do, um, and take the time, just stop for a moment and ask the question and get into the conversation and, and learn how to make things safe. Um, hopefully the use of comedy will get their attention for long enough for them to make that thought process happen. Okay, so a light take on a very serious issue that we hope will help spread the word and get parents to think. Watch for emails and postings about these films. They should be available for distribution in early June of 2016. Spread the word. The internet is a wonderful place full of wonderful things like this podcast, but you got to be careful when your kids are doing the clicking. All right, finally, on this maiden voyage of the Twist and Shout podcast, an old friend returns to this season of Restricted Intelligence. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Twist and Shout podcast. Thank you. Um, just for people who um, didn't read the description at the start of the podcast, I'm interviewing um, Monique Mundell. Do you want me to use your stage name? <laughs> what, Diamonds? <laughs> Monique Sparkly. Yes. Diamonds. No, Monique Mundell, or the character is known as Ellie. Yeah, Ellie. And, and now the interesting thing about this, I'll fill people in, is that Ellie started off in season one and then has gone away, we don't know where, mm -hmm. on her business travels and has come back in season four. A whole so, new Ellie. A whole new Ellie. And yeah, she makes an entrance, right? So mm -hmm. Yeah, tell. she does. Hello, boys. Take me to your leader. Right. I think over the time that Ellie's been gone till her reappearance, her new entrance, I think she's sort of gone up in the world a little bit, you know, she's older, she's wiser, and she's managed to go from, you know, not being taken too seriously, the intern type of role, the young girl in the office, to somebody who really knows her stuff, and people respect that, and if they do underestimate her, 
think they regret it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're gonna fit in just fine. And you better plan a workshop for the whole staff about oversharing on social media. Only if you think it's necessary. Do you remember uh, f from the process of filming as well? Is there anything? Has there anything changed in that? What do you remember about shooting season one? Do you remember anything about shooting season one? I remember we had a lot of laughs, and uh, that hasn't changed. It's, it's such a fun set to be a part of. Action. Don't forget your line. <laughs> or you will get fired from we your job. I think maybe in season one we did a little bit more improvisation. Um, I mean, yeah. we're in a whole different country, which that's different. Well, yeah, you know? that's true. Here, I'm Things... in the States. Yeah, um, of course. Different yeah. office, different climate outside. It's much nicer <laughs> weather here. Um, but I think, yeah, maybe more, imp more improv and... Uh, the character Lionel really got to go the whole hog, you know, with his improvisations, and he was almost like a caricature. Whereas here, I think we're more established characters, but we do still have that playful edge. So, you're like the queen of social media and whatnot. I was, uh, I was just wondering if you wanted to help me update my dating profile. No. Okay. So yeah, that's a good point about established because some people who have been, um, you know, using restricted intelligence in their businesses, they've um, they've kind of grown through three and now possibly four seasons mm -hmm. um, of of the show, and um, the, they like these characters. So you have a responsibility to keep them going or, and, and make sure that you don't break them as right. characters, don't do anything they wouldn't do and you know. Right, um, because if people in, are investing in the characters then we need to make sure that it's worth them investing in and hopefully, you know, if you liked Ellie in the first season then you're glad you rooted for her and, and believed her, uh, her wisdom in the first way around because she, she comes back, you know, strong. Or they could have just gone online. Sorry, they could have what? Well, they could have just looked online. I mean, you've all left pretty big clues as to what was going on. I think uh, things have changed in the wider world as well, haven't they? Because in social media three years ago, mm -hmm. perhaps we might have perceived that it's really a young person's thing. Exactly. How do you feel about that? I mean, do you think that's true? I mean, I think now it's something that's inevitable. I mean, we've got touch screen this, we've got swipe left, swipe, swipe right. You can pay with your phone now. So if we don't catch up with it, we're in denial, right? It's, a, it's an inevitable thing. So I think it's good mm. that this character now, just as the times, make it more purposeful. You know, we have to know how to use all these things. And if not, we're going to get swept under. Yeah. So I think that, that's, that's reflected in the fact that um, she has a senior position now. Right. So she's and she can afford nice things as well. We see that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So she's she's gone up as as the trend has increased, and uh, I think it's really important for businesses to use that market. You know, to use it as a platform, but to use it in the right way. What's with Chester? Now that he's full time, he has to do his IT security training, and I think it's got him a little spooked. We try to make a program that reflects the people people working everywhere in businesses all over the world. Um, they're all ages. What, what do you think young people who are commonly referred to as millennia, millennials, uh, they, they are, um, do they care about security, do you think? Yeah, I think do they, they really do, do, actually. Yeah, I think, I think I, my impression we're is We're seen like, as young and careless, but I mean, if I lost my phone, huh, 
I don't know what I'd do with myself. And the more we rely on the technology, I think the more we probably realize the implications if something did go wrong, if we did, you know, have security breached, however that might come, you know, whether it's in our personal phones or computers or something at work. So I think really now it might be the millennials who, who get it a little bit more because we rely on technology every day, not just at work, you know. All, all aspects of our lives. All right, well, Monique Mundell, otherwise known as Ellie, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Jen. Cheers. She's back! The wildly talented Monique Mundell, appearing as Ellie this summer in the brand new season four of Restricted Intelligence. It's due out June 7th, just in time for InfoSec Europe. I can't wait for you to see it. I think you're going to love it. We had a lot of fun putting it together. So... That's it for this very first edition of the Twist and Shout podcast. Thanks for listening, and let us know what you'd like to hear on this podcast. If you've got interview ideas, topics you'd like us to touch on, just leave a comment in the comments section or shoot us an email. I've been Rob McCollum, U.S. Creative Director. I will probably continue to be him. Um, Thanks for listening. Watch for the next installment of the podcast, and we will talk to you soon. Oh, it's quarter past five. We're in the pub. We're in the pub. We are now. The crew. No, no. We need to be. We're going. It's time. We're meeting the crew. Six. We booked it for yeah. Okay. Right. Cocktails time. Let's go. Cheers. Bye. Are we out? Red light's still on though. That means we're still recording. But we're obviously over. We're finished. Let it die, Jim. Let it go. All right. <laughs>